Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 15 of SIDcast. With me is Zach Shore of Madonna Crusader. Zach, this is try number three. Let's see if we can get it right this time. We can do that. We can do that. We can try that at least. Uh, first of all, thank you everyone for downloading, subscribing uh, to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, however you get your uh, podcast, even though that's where I'm always at. And as always, you can uh, find us on Facebook and Twitter, and sometimes I use Instagram if you want to go ahead and use that. Also, YouTube, that's a thing we're doing. We just had uh, episode 14 with Mark Majewski up on there showing you guys how to create a, a very, very basic GIF of a spinning Boston College logo. Not that I'm griping. I'm very, very happy, very, very satisfied with the episode, and I thought it was one of the better ones, and I uh, hope you all... Uh, found your way over to our YouTube page. So, Zach, when were you planning on coming on? I mean, I, I texted you about this back in September, and you never got with me. And I'm like, don't make me send a formal email to you. You know, that's that's what happens when you, uh, when you move jobs and have a wife. And, you know, a, yeah. lot of things, a lot of things happened in the time you started this podcast to... Uh, where we are now, so, you know, it's a pleasure, it's, it's good to see a, uh, a former student doing some good in the, uh, in the SID world, and the, the podcast realm, so, it's good to hear from you, good to be on. Yeah, I got a little bit of a shout out today in my, uh, sport governance and ethics class, as we often talk about sports information directors, especially last semester, we, I had a class that I, I thoroughly enjoyed, is uh, sport publicity and promotion. And a good probably, you know, 80% of that was about things that SIDs do. And that was, I don't know, got an A in it. Wonder why. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and I, I got a shout out today because he was like, you need to know this for your podcast. We were talking about academic progress rates and everything. So I was in front of everybody and I haven't exactly told anybody that I do this. But, uh, yeah, that's what it was. So progress rate. Yeah, yeah. You remember, you, you, you ever watch college, like college basketball a whole lot? A little bit. You, little bit. Yeah, you ever watch like conference tournament times? There was a, uh, the Atlantic Sun tournament last year. I think it was one, I think it was like, it was like a green team from the Atlantic Sun. And they beat Florida Gulf Coast in a semifinal. But this team had a low APR that they couldn't qualify for the NCAA championships. So like, this team that, like, didn't qualify was in the conference championship game. And if they won, Florida Gulf Coast would have been gotten the automatic automatic bid because of it. That's crazy. Yeah, that was weird. Uh, getting back to some SID stuff and what we talked about before uh, Skype kind of crapped out on us. How do you convince Kelly to move around all over with you throughout the entire country? Like you said, you Wisconsin, Indiana, Florida, and then... Idaho and now Michigan. You know, it's, uh, I'm lucky. Um, Kelly's been with me for, we've been together for over five years now, and we, we've had our ups and downs, but, you know, she, she's been there every step of the way, encouraging me and supporting me, and, um, you know, it's just, it's one of those things where she understands, uh, what I want to, what my goals are, what my dreams are, and, you know, sometimes it takes a long ways to get there, and 
know, she she stood by my side, supported me, and you know, the trip to to Washington slash Idaho was was good for us. It was a fun time. You know, great people, great area. It was just that, you know, being so far away from friends and family is just it's really hard to do, especially around the holidays. And so it was one of those things where this opportunity here at Madonna popped up, and it was, you know, it was a, it was kind of a no-brainer. And my parents are about an hour away; her family's over in Wisconsin. So it was, it was an opportunity that I just couldn't pass up. And you know, it's been a, it's been a whirlwind of about two months now. So it's, it's fun times and. You know, you, you've been around, that's the SID world, that's the SID life, just uh, getting in the groove of things and getting the hang of it, so it's been fun, and she's been really supportive, she, uh, she helps out around the office when she can, doing photos, helping me with graphics stuff, so um, it's really a team effort, and you know, without her, I don't know where I'd be right now, so it's, uh, it's I'm very grateful. You were a uh, mid-season hire. I mean, there's a couple people that I've heard uh, lately getting jobs mid-season. What, what is that like? Have you ever done anything like that before? Um, I have. It's the first time I've come mid-season. And, you know, it's, it's a little weird. Um, you know, usually you take the summer and some of that preseason time to – get some templates put together, lay out the foundation of what you want to do graphically and social media wise. And, um, you know, who's going to work what and meet with a staff and put a staff together. But, you know, I, I kind of came in, was thrown in the fire my first day. We had a game that night. So, um, it was kind of a, Oh, Hey, welcome to Donna, by the way, here's how it goes and go. Um, but no, it was fun. It's been a good experience. It's, I don't know that I'd ever want to do it again, <laughs> but, um, but no, it's, it's one of those things, it's a learning curve and, you know, it's once you, once you get a couple weeks under your belt, you get the hang of how things go and, you know, I'm just trying to keep the status quo really right now, um, kind of get us through this spring season and then we'll take a look back, see if we want to change some things up, how we want to move forward, but. Right now, coming in mid-season, it's kind of that. It's, you know, stick with the status quo, stick with what everyone knows, get the job done, and, you know, we'll reevaluate at the end of the year. You once told me that you want to stay in the NAI. Why Why is that? You know, it's, it's all about relationships. Um, you know, I think that I've made... I've made a lot of connections and built a lot of relationships at this level. And, um, I've had the opportunity to work numerous national championship events and, um, other conference tournament type events. And especially here in the back, um, I've got obviously being from Indiana tech a couple years. I, I know the SIDs here. It's just a great camaraderie we've built up. And, you know, I kind of, as much as I think I would probably love the, the time I would have available if I wasn't doing 19, 20, 21 sports by myself. Um, I kind of like it. It, give, it keeps my brain going. It keeps me busy. Um, and I, I get the chance to know all of the student athletes as opposed to just one or two or three sports. So 
it's one of those things where I just feel like for me, it's where I want to be right now. It's a, it's a great opportunity. It's a great spot. And, you know, down the line, is it something that, you know, when we have, when I have kids, Kelly and I have kids and stuff like that, is it something that we might re-examine possibly? But, you know, right now uh, I'm an NAI lifer and, you know, I have, I have some high goals and expectations at this level and I want to meet those. And once I meet those, then we'll see what happens. Uh, let's go back, <clears throat> excuse me, to the beginning. How did you get into sports information? The dreaded question I ask everybody. Uh, mine's really easy. Um, I was a math education major, believe it or not, as a freshman at Alabama Nazarene. And, um, went out for the baseball team, didn't make it. Um, knew some kids that were on the team. Was hanging around one day and pretty figured, hey, they need someone to run the scoreboard, do stats, something. I was, I was like, hey, mind if I, you know, can I make some money and work for you? Talking to our SID at the time, he's like, sure, here you go. So I uh, picked up Stat Crew Baseball, um, did some PA, did some scoreboard, um, and it really just started with my love of baseball. Um, that next year, the SID that I started with, he resigned. Uh, so two assistant coaches who had never done anything with sports information before were kind of given the, uh, were kind of given the reins and, um, I, a couple of the students have left the, the office. So I was the most tenured student having half a semester under my belt. And, uh, it was kind of, I had the most experience in the office at that time. And yeah. Thing like another was, hey, can you help us with volleyball? Can you help us do basketball? Can you help us do football? And you know, from there, it just bloomed to, oh, I could, I could get paid to do this kind of stuff. This is actually kind of fun. So I switched my major that semester to sports management, and the rest is history. What did you want to do to begin with? What kind of made you want to be a math education major? I had an awesome math teacher when I was in uh, middle school, or I'm sorry, high school as a freshman, and uh, you know, I, back in the day, I loved numbers, I loved math, I still love stats, and it was just one of those things where I thought it would be a good fit, and I wanted to be able to teach people, and I ended up not excelling in one of the courses that was required, and it quickly became apparent to me that maybe teaching wasn't the, uh, the best route me to be going um you know i quickly found sports information as we talked about and i've i've had the pleasure to work with several awesome student workers and student athletes and i feel like i've i'm still able to do that teaching and stuff that i originally wanted to do and i get paid to watch sports for a living so can't can't hate that i want to go back to something you said a little bit ago um, you stick to a small school level because you value the relationships. Um, what is that one of the major benefits to being an SID at a small school versus a larger institution? I mean, I would think so. Obviously, I've never been in a larger institution, so I can't really speak to uh, to what they've done. And you would probably know a little bit more about that with your internships than I would. But um, from my perspective, it's just you know I like being involved in all the sports. I like getting to know and work with all of our 
all of our coaches, all of our student athletes. And for me, yeah, that's the biggest thing is, especially come graduation day, you know, when those kids are walking across the stage and being able to, you know, say hey to them beforehand and afterwards and kind of celebrate that moment with them and, you know, just keeping in touch with them after the fact and, you know, guys like you running your own podcast, doing what you do and, um, it just means a lot to be able to make those connections and build those relationships with those student athletes. Uh, what's your goal? What's your, what's your dream? What are you hoping to accomplish with this that leads you all across the country? You know, I mean, my biggest thing is just getting, putting my stamp on the sports information slash public communications field. Um, getting, you know, awards are great. I've always said I want to be an Ike Pearson award winner. I want to be an S idea of the year in the NAIA and thinking about that you know it's well and good and great but at the end of the day I just want to be someone that you know the student at my student athletes my student workers they come they feel comfortable coming to me um, you know they look back and they say hey he was a great mentor he really helped me through my career that kind of thing and you know I think that going up going across the country didn't really have a whole lot to do with the end goal, more of, you know, I wanted to learn as much as I possibly could and be a part of as much as I could. And first couple of years, it was being a GA, it was being an intern, doing all that. And then, you know, the move out to Washington, Idaho was more about uh, finding that work-life balance and downsizing a little bit. And, um, you know, the chance to work with the Avista and AI World Series was, uh, was a huge draw for me as a baseball guy. and You know, it was fun. It was a great experience. But like I said, I think family and relationships are the most important. And for us to be able to get back to the Midwest and back to our roots was uh, was a big factor in coming back. And I, I'm enjoying it. I love it here, Madonna. Where was your first full-time gig at? My first full-time paid position was Indiana Tech. What was for two. what was that uh, position like? What was that jumping from being either an assistant or an intern or a GA, going first full-time, you know, being hand of, what is it, 25, 24 sports, just right off the bat like that for two years? Yeah. Um, you know, it was, it was a little overwhelming, I think, that, First little that first year and then the second year I think I started to burn out just a little bit just because I I wasn't able to find that work life balance. I wasn't able to understand that a story doesn't necessarily have to get up right away that night or you know, I can have a student worker write a story or do something else and I can work on another piece and it was just some of those things that Looking back, I wish I probably would have done differently and things might have gone a different route. Um, but I also had great mentors. I had, when I was at Lakeland College in Wisconsin, David Gallinetti, he's the communications officer there for the whole school, and he oversaw the sports information office. And it was me and another GA, and we were kind of given the reins for the office. So I was, I had kind of that experience of being the primary guy for you know, seven or eight different sports at a time. And then down at Embry-Riddle with Allison, Mike, and 
um, and Ryan down there, they really gave me the tools and know-how to kind of set up an office and this is how things should be run and this is how we organize things and this is how you professionally do things for game day. And So I learned a lot from them and then, you know, tech was, like I said, it was a learning curve. Um, looking back, I've learned a lot in that first year, um, stuff that I still apply today and I built some great relationships and really, I think, got got that program and stuff going in the right direction as far as sports information goes. And um, it's a pleasure. I got the chance to go back there this year with basketball. And it's great to see some of my former student workers and um, staff and stuff still working and, you know, getting the job done and kind of doing the same things that I started when I was there. So it's great to see that continue. And obviously, you being one of those former student workers, it's uh, it's great to see uh, where you've come, what you've done, and to be able to have this conversation with you today is just uh, really awesome. Hey, thanks, man. I want to go back to what you said about when you first took the tech job and you felt a little bit overwhelmed. Now that you're kind of, uh, especially now since you're a mid-season hire, and now that you're kind of a little more tenured with this sort of thing, how would you suggest to others not feel so overwhelmed or uh, have any sort of burnout right off the bat like that? You know, I think uh, the biggest thing is just knowing knowing your limitations, knowing what what your what your body can do. You know, listening to some of the conversations you've had, like with Ira, saying you know he sleeps maybe three to four hours, six hours a night. Like it's all about knowing your your body's limitations, what you're capable of doing, and. I think the biggest thing is realizing that there are people on campus somewhere that are willing to help out that you can, you know, that you can give some responsibility to and recognizing that, you know, nobody's sitting there at their computer hitting the refresh button at 1130 at night waiting for that basketball story to go up or, you know, that baseball story, that track story. Like, you know, when it's that late, you can wait and you can get it up in the morning and take some time and go home, get some rest. So I think it's just finding that work-life balance, finding what you're comfortable with. And, you know, for me at the time, it was a chance to get my foot in the door and I was going to take it come hell or high water. And, you know, I took it. It was a great experience. I wouldn't, wouldn't do anything differently. I would still take that job. And, you know, the, the execution of some things I would probably do a little differently, but um, for the most part, it was a great experience. Learned a lot, and you know the biggest thing is just that knowing your limitations. I didn't quite know mine or understand mine, and um, being with Kelly at the time was strained our relationship a little bit. Just constantly working, um, so I think it's really important that when you're in that position to make sure you're taking time for yourself. Make sure that you know you have something for yourself outside of. Um, outside of the office and outside of your day-to-day work. All right, so we all took a trip to Geneva, Ohio, as well as uh, Gulf Shores, Alabama, and you were put in charge of what was your official title for those uh, national championships? I was the media relations coordinator. So what was it like being a media relations coordinator for a large-scale national championship, not only with that, but with the Avista World Series out in Idaho? You know, um, with the national ch- with the track championships and being the coordinator, it was one of those things where it was 
it was just fantastic. Um, you know, you you get to know a lot of SIDs, you get to know the student athletes, you get to know the coaches and the staff that's working the event. It was just a great, a, it was a great networking opportunity. But beyond that, it was great because I had worked at so many different schools in the NAI. You know, it was fun to see some former coaches, some former student athletes that I had worked with. And so that was a great time. And, you know, it gave me a chance to kind of work and get to know the the national office staff. And, you know, Alan and, Alan and Chad over at the national office do a great job uh, without them the I don't know what, what the NAI would look like, but they do a fabulous job, and for them to trust me with that opportunity, it was uh, was awesome. You know, there were some there were some up and downs a couple of times. One year, you know, when the photographer backed out at the last minute, I became the photographer for the event as well. So, you know, it was a fun time. It was, again, another great experience, and it was great to have, you know, be able to take student worker yourself with me to those events and I loved every second of it it gave you an opportunity to kind of get that get that experience and you know I was able to kind of focus on the national side and I I thought it was fun I would I've already I've already told them now that I'm back in the Midwest I'd love to do it again and um, hopefully get that chance and the World Series is just a different beast you know when your team is as good as LC was and is you know you, it was it was just amazing. I mean, to see five thousand people at a college baseball game at the NAI level was insane, and to have to have LC win the title when I, while I was there and cover that and be a part of that, it was just it was an awesome experience. And again, you know, something I wouldn't trade for the world. And you know, looking back at my career, it's it's been it's been a blast. I've had. The chance to cover four or five national ti- national championships and a couple individual titles as well. So it it's been a fun fun ride and can't wait to see what happens while I'm here at Madonna. You remember that photographer when when I was with you guys down at Gulf Shores? Uh, she had like a family reunion and then Andy Dalton was there. Yeah, it was kind of weird. Apparently, yeah. Andy Dalton was her cousin. The red rifle, man. Yeah, and then she's like, who's Andy fun. Dalton? Like, what, what do you mean, who's Andy Dalton? She goes, he's my cousin or something. That was just, that was weird. Um, out of all the places you've been, what is something that, from one place to the other, you wish you had uh, in your current position right now? I'm sorry, say it one more time? Yeah, it was kind of weird I how I said it. Um um, of all of the positions that you have held and that all the places you have been, what is something you wish you still had from one of your previous positions? Oh boy. It could be anything. just having the having the facilities and the administrative support that we had at LC is something that I, I really think is almost unmatched at the NAI level. Um, they, 
they do things at such a high level all the time that it's just it's incredible. It's a great model to go after, and that's kind of what I'm trying to bring here to Madonna is that that professional atmosphere, the the thought that just because we're NAI doesn't mean we have to, you know, that we can't match what the what the big guys are doing. Um, you know that they ran Brooke and Gary down there run run a tight ship and. They, they strive to be better than the Division One schools that they compete against. Um, you know, Washington State, Idaho, right up the road. Like, our goal was, hey, we need to, whatever they're doing, we need to match that. So, um, you know, it's one of those things that just having that, having that mentality, having that support and money behind it and the facilities. Um, if I, I told my wife, and I even told them when I was leaving, if I could have taken LC and plopped it in the Midwest, I probably would have never left. But, um, you know, it's one of those things where you can't, you can't have, sometimes you just can't uh, have exactly what you want. And, you know, Madonna's heading in that direction. Our, our president and AD are, are doing some great things, making some changes. And, you know, I think we'll get there. It's, but it's a long road. And I understand that. They understand it. And, you know, it's not something that's going to happen overnight. But, I think having that experience, knowing knowing what, what the end goal looks like um, from my point of view and kind of seeing how we can get there, it's, it's going to be fun. And, but yeah, to answer your question, it would be the facilities and the support um, that I was able to have at LC. Um, what, okay, let's, let, me, let me ask you this because kind of getting into these, some of these, this type of question in the past couple episodes – you're a small school in just outside Detroit. Am I correct in saying that? Yes. Okay. Okay. That's what I thought. I couldn't quite remember where Livonia was. Um, how do you market your team and get coverage and attention from Madonna University um, when you have to go up against uh, University of Michigan, Michigan State, you know, Wayne, Wayne State, all those Detroit schools, and then even out west? when you had LC and you had to go up against, like you said, Washington State and Idaho? You know, LC was kind of different. Um, they're, they're kind of in a valley, um, secluded from pretty much everywhere else. And, you know, they are at the show down there. Um, you know, there is, there's no issue getting coverage when you're at LC. Um, the paper's all about it. This radio and Radio, news, all that kind of stuff. Everyone is all LC all the time. And so that was cool to see. Um, coming here, you know, I've never been in a, in an area like Detroit. Um, Indiana Tech, you know, we, did, we had some battles, but at the same time, you know, we could get the coverage we wanted if we wanted it when we wanted it. Um, here in Detroit, you know, it's something that is going to be my test this summer. Um, I'm going to work with trying to meet some of the the media people around Detroit, um, whether it's the radio stations, the TV stations, the, the newspapers. And my goal this summer is to try and build those relationships and figure out just what you're saying. What can I do to get us the coverage? Um, you know, something, I forget who it was that I was listening to, but on one of your other podcasts, you know, sometimes it's 
I think it was Ira Thorpe. It's about finding, you have to have the right story. Um, you know, he's in a massive market as well, just like we are here. And obviously New York's a little bit bigger than... <laughs> yeah, it's a wee bit. <laughs> a little bigger than Detroit, but um, it's the same concept. You know, it's finding that story, um, developing it and getting it to the right hands. And um, I think that's gonna that's my goal in these next few years is to try and build that up. Get us that um, get us that coverage, and you know, find out what exactly I can do to help facilitate that. Um, you know, I think that Madonna is a great place. We've got some great stories and values and um, stuff that we can tell. So it's just finding the right person, that right story, and get that out there, and hopefully go from there. So, but I think it's all about relationships a little bit. And then, you know, the whatever you can do to make the paper and media's job easier um, usually goes a long way. So that's that's how I'm going to go about it. We'll see if it works. <laughs> <laughs> um, when you first get to a place, you sit down in your office chair for the first time to get unpacked. What is the first thing that's on your checklist? Oh boy. It's a great question. <laughs> yeah, of yeah, all, all the stuff that needs to be done. You know, honestly, I think it varies from day to day. Um, you know, right now we're in the middle of a slow week, and so I'm just trying to go back through some of my emails, see if there's something I might have missed, or go back through and, you know, maybe the, there's a couple things on the list that were projects that I was like, hey, this week, this block of time, I've got some slow time, I'm going to work on this, so... It's figuring out what exactly that was or going back to that and um, getting into those. And, um, you know, I think it's that. And it's, you know, it's putting down. Hmm. All right. No, you're good. Something I try to do um, before I leave the office each day is to put down kind of a to-do list for the next day. Um, this week I put something I... Before I left on Monday, I put down, all right, I want to get these things done this week. And I've got one item left on my list. So and it's only Wednesday, so that's, that's good. Um, but no, I think it's it varies from day to day, especially in this profession. You know, game days are going to be a little different than, than non-game days. And I don't think I do the same exact thing every morning. But um, it always involves eating some breakfast. I always have breakfast with me at my desk, so... Whatever the first thing is each day, it always involves trying to eat while I do it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, you've been in charge of some unorthodox sports, to say the least, especially at Tech. And some of these uh, programs were a part of uh, governing bodies that were not a part of the NAIA, such as hockey or lacrosse, before both the NAIA added, added both of those programs. How would you go about to someone who's never worked with, you know, men's and women's hockey, men's and women's lacrosse, you know, bowling? Uh, how would you suggest handling those duties? Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> you know, lacrosse is getting a lot easier now just because they, you know, like you said, the NEI is added as a sport. So um, we're going to have a lot more continuity and a better guideline and rule book to follow. Um, so from that 
from a cross standpoint, it's gotten a lot easier and, you know, you kind of, we're starting to handle it like we do every other sport. You know, NAI's got a list of stuff that we need to do preseason and mid-season. So, from that standpoint, lacrosse has gotten so much easier. Um, you know, it's a different game. we got to learn it. Um, watching videos, trying to go to scrimmages, practices, all that stuff helps. Um, you know, with bowling, bowling's a completely different breed. Um, you know, we had an event on Saturday that we bowled in, and I still don't have any results for it yet. Um, bowling's, a, bowling's a sport where you get... Uh, know they they aren't in a rush results get verified and are done by hand and get sent days after the event so um you know i i reach out to try to reach out to whoever the host is and see if i can't have them send me results as soon as they have them done sometimes yeah they do other times you know other times it's a little harder wait for coach to get it to me so just having that relationship with coach that you know, once he gets it, comes to your email and you're good to go. Um, hockey, hockey's a different breed too. Um, you know, chatting with the coach, making sure you're aware of all the rules, all the statistical things that they need. And, um, you know, the NAIs hopefully adding it in a year or two. Um, I think once that happens, it's going to go the route of lacrosse. It's going to be a lot easier to to handle because you're going to be getting stuff as you would with any other sport, you know, the night of, the next day, and you'll be good to go. So the NAI is doing a great job. Everything's coming along, and I think, you know, I think bowling here in a few years is going to be the same route, and I think that would help us a little bit. But at the same time, you know, a lot of the bigger Tier 1, Tier 2 events are run by governing bodies or organizations that aren't aren't related to a school or the NAI or the NCAA. And so it's just, you know, trying to figure out, working with coaches and figuring out how can I get these results in the fastest time possible to, uh, to be able to do my job. One of the things uh, you value very much is are your graphics. Uh, you showed me one off air a little bit to where it looked exactly like Another iconic show. So what, what are some, uh, on your graphics, what are some uh, sources of inspiration that, that, that you find? You know, I just, I'm constantly just looking for something that I think might look cool or that I could reuse and, you know, put my own spin on it. Um, you know, the one you referenced, I was on Snapchat one night looking at ESPN story and they had a cool, you know, post-game graphic that they used for... A lot of things that night, I think it was a thunder and somebody, and I was like, oh, that's pretty sweet. I could probably use that, you know. I took it, put it in Photoshop, kind of put our own spin on it, and, you know, I'm going to start using those throughout the year for game days, and, you know, it's just another way to add to the Instagram slash Snapchat, Snapchat story and make it look nice and give it that fun feel and let people know what's going on. So I think it's just... I don't really have certain sources. I'm just always constantly, you know, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, just looking at, you know, following other schools, following, you know, ESPN, MLB, the, the big uh, corporations, and just figuring out, you know, what are they doing? What's getting the, 
fans' attention and, you know, how can I take that and put our spin on it? Um, a lot of the stuff we do is done by hand, and so it's, you know, they're, they're probably paying someone lots of money to do it, and I'm sitting here trying to figure out how to do it on my own. So it's fun. I enjoy the graphic side of things. It's a, it's a great... It breaks up kind of the day-to-day monotony that can happen in the SID office. and hmm. You know, we've gotten a lot of feedback, and the, the fans are like it. Uh, how long has Madonna been using Snapchat? We started Snapchat. Apparently, they had it before I got here. Um, but I really started pushing it maybe a month ago. I think we, when I started it, we were at about eight followers. We're now up to 45. So um, we're getting there. Um, trying to uh, trying to build that up a little bit. I know it's really kind of a, a newer, not well, newer in the college realm, but I know student, students, student athletes really, that's kind of their go-to, is Snapchat and Instagram. So um, just trying to find ways that we can get on there and interact with them without, um, you know, without necessarily having to have in-game or, you know, post-game content or graphics or pictures. Um, we can kind of create our own graphics, put them up when we need to, and uh, go from there. So that's what I'm really trying to do is find ways where we, um, in this office, can create things that you know give us content and keep our fans engaged and you know, help spread the word about Madonna Athletics. What's uh, been the biggest challenge with Snapchat? I know there are some uh, institutions that are uh, a little bit wary of, of it as a whole. You know, I really have just started, and my biggest thing is I just, you know, with Instagram having an Instagram story and stuff now, I've been, you know, our Instagram story kind of mirrors our Snapchat story. Um, my thought is that, you know, there's no reason why they can't both be the same. And, you know, actually this, there haven't really been any challenges, I don't think, um, that I've run into yet. Uh it's just one of those things where it's a one day, one day thing, and I think that the challenge that I'm facing and getting into is how do we keep how do we keep content on there when we aren't playing? Um, obviously, game days and in game and all that stuff it kind of it works itself out, and we can make that work and happen, and it's fun. But I think the biggest challenge is you know. Weeks when we're not at home or weeks when we don't have games or even this summer, you know, trying to find creative ways that we can keep content down there, keep it fresh and keep fans engaged. So uh, we're going to be working through these next couple months to try and come up with a kind of a plan for tech for this summer. I have some ideas. I'm not going to share them because uh, they're not fully functioning yet and, uh, a little surprise. So follow MU Crusaders on Snapchat, and uh, we'll we'll see what we come up with. And you know, we're gonna try something. Uh, we're gonna have our baseball team kind of take over our Snapchat during their trip to Georgia for a big series, and 
our softball team can take over our Instagram account for their trip to Arizona. So we'll see how that goes. It'll be fun. I'm excited. A little fearful of uh, what what student athletes might do with their uh, social media, but I've got some really trustworthy uh, student athletes, and I think it's going to be a fun experience. And I think we'll get some great feedback from our student athletes and our fans. What What are some of those things that you you tell your student athletes uh, to say or, or or not to say? That's one of the big focus points that we have in class is is how do you train your employees and athletes to to know what's right and what's wrong when it comes to media. I, I, I really talk with our, our coaches first to say, oh. I really talk with our coaches first to try and figure out who's your most trustworthy student athletes. Who is someone that that makes those right. That makes those good life decisions on a daily basis. Um, and once I get those student athletes, and I just bring them in, and you know, we go over kind of a you know, be cognizant. You're representing Madonna University. You know, our our parents, our other student athletes, our fans are going to be watching and following what you're putting out there. Like, you know, this is a big responsibility. Is it something that you're willing to do? Um, you know, I, I made sure that I want our student athletes involved in the in the conversation, in the decision about who's doing it. Um, I don't want to give a student athlete who doesn't want that response. Um, I think that in this day and age, there's a lot that can be posted, said, done, um, that can be kind of a, a fire starter to the village. So, you know, we, we just sat down, had a little short conversation, you know, be smart, here's, you know, don't, you know, you're in the, in the bedroom or our hotel room, you know, we don't need pictures there, like, you know, hey, here's a guideline of what we're looking for, you know, team function, team events, travel, Dinner, you know, after the field, game day, all that kind of stuff. But, um, you know, it's using common sense. Um, it's finding those athletes that understand the responsibility that you're giving them, and then just you know, give it, letting them know, look, I'm entrusting you with this, but you know, be smart, use your brain, and we shouldn't have any issues. So, what has been uh, your favorite memory from your professional tenure so far? And take your time. You've done a lot over the last, you know, couple years, I'd say. Uh, I honestly think that it might be a tie. Um, you know, being a part of a baseball world, or sorry, not world championship, but world series championship, that was a ton of fun. Um, but, you know, winning... Being with Indiana Tech for the back-to-back-to-back national titles and all that went into that and the hard work and, you know, just being a part of that and the day-to-day and then 
seeing all that hard work for you guys paid off, it was a blast. And, um, you know, it's a t I would call it a tie. If I had to pick one, I'd probably pick the just the track championships just because it was something that, you know, hadn't really been done all that often. And, you know, it was a very, very dominant squad. And, you know, I got to know Edgar and the really the athletes really well. And for me, it was a it was a blast. It's it's been awesome to be able to say that I've been a part of so many national titles and runner ups. And so it, it was fun. It's exciting. And, you know, that's that's why we do the job for the success, for the for the fun and really building those relationships and um, helping helping the coaches get to where they want to be. What about on the other side of the coin? What's your uh, horror story so far? Oh. Other than that outdoor championship where we were in first of the 4x4. Four four. Yeah. Um, I mean... I don't know that I really have a horror story. Um, I really haven't had, thinking back, I, like, I really haven't had too much terrible luck when it comes to the job and, and what I've been able to do. And, um, Maybe I just blocked the bad memories out of my brain. I'm just going to remember them right now. All right. <laughs> that's, that's very possible. Um, well, if you got nothing, we, we can move on. I mean, that's kind of a blessing. There was one, I think, probably last year, um, doing the doing the national, doing the World Series program, um, I made an assumption sent something to print and it ended up that it wasn't a hundred percent um correct and or approved and so uh i learned a very valuable lesson that you know you always need to have multiple sets of eyes on things and make sure triple double triple quadruple check things before um they go to print and you know it was it was a learning lesson uh it ended up being all right it wasn't Nothing was majorly wrong. It was a it was a small thing, but you know, in the grand scheme of things, it was very important. And you know, it's just one of those things. Looking back, it's like, all right, well, you live, you learn, you move on, and you know, make sure not to make that mistake again. So, when you look at uh, other SIDs in the uh, in your conference division or even the country, and you look at them and you say that is a good SID, what what are some characteristics that they have? Yeah. Um, you know, I think creativity, um, leadership, and just the, the work-life balance. Um, you know, I think of Aaron Sagres over at Cornerstone. He's been a, he's been a great uh, mentor for me. He's, uh, he's done a lot in his career. He's the current NAI site. He's going to be an NAI site of president. Um, so just learning from him, seeing what he's done, um, you know, he's really built some good things, first at Davenport, now at Cornerstone, and, you know, just, 
he's a guy that I rely on. I ask him questions all the time and just finding, finding out how he does it. He's a, he's a family man. He's got a few kids, a great wife. And, um, you know, it's just one of those things where I'm constantly trying to, you know, I'm trying to find that. How do you find that work-life balance? You know, what are some, what are some things that you're doing in your office that allow you, you know, to, to take that time off to go see a kid's game or, you know, to take time away to do a family thing. So, um, I think for me, the best SIDs are the ones that have that balance, but also do great work, whether it's writing graphics, getting their school, the recognition that they deserve. And, you know, it's, it's those guys that I aspire to, uh, to follow after hopefully, and hopefully at the end of my career or during my career at some point that I, I uh, achieve those goals as well. When, what, what is, how about this first before we get to that? One thing you're interested in to learn more about to better yourself in this profession after you put your phone case back on. Hey, no. Um, my biggest, I think the, the next piece that I'm looking to, uh, to really improve, um, I mean, I'm constantly looking to improve my writing. Um, no, I wasn't, I wasn't a journalism major, didn't take a lot of English courses. So, um, I'm always constantly looking for, for people to review my writing, give me insight, give me thoughts. You know, how can I get, how can I be better? What are some suggestions? How can I improve my writing? Um, but the other thing is just video editing. Um, you know, video is becoming a big part of our world. Um, social media wise, website wise, you know, our, the attention span is shorter than ever. Um, so it's figuring out how can we do our jobs? How can we tell the story of our student athletes in our school in shorter time? And I think the answer is video, video highlights, video recaps, all that fun stuff. And um, one of my goals in the next few years is to, to make that jump to, to get to that point where we're doing some of those things and, you know, just constantly learning. Um, I think I'm always trying to, obviously always trying to improve my graphic design stuff, always trying to learn new skills. And, you know, I think in this business you have to. There's never really just one thing that you're looking to improve or working towards. It's always multiple things and trying to do, trying to be that jack of all trades and do the best you can in each one. So um, for me, that's what I'm working towards is to try and just solidify each area a little bit more and become a more well-rounded SID. What's one piece of advice you give to a student going into this profession? Oh, boy. Um... Don't be afraid to ask questions. <laughs> um, that's the biggest one, um, and and always always be willing to learn. Um, I think those are the two biggest things in this going into this profession. Is you know there's never there's never a dumb question. Um, you know if you don't know the answer, or if you you know you're stuck on a problem, there's always somebody that's willing to help. Um, I've got I've got. Many, many 
SIDs who I have in my phone on speed dial. It's, oh, hey, I have this issue in stats. Can you help me out? Or, hey, how do how would you word this? Or So it's just knowing that there's always someone willing to help and, you know, always be willing to learn uh, and make mistakes. You're going to make mistakes. It's going to happen. No one's perfect. You can't be perfect. And, you know, it's it's owning those mistakes that you do make, learning from them and moving on. Um, I've made more mistakes than I can count. And, you know, it's just that. It's their mistakes. You correct them, move on, and, you know, life goes on. So it's just having those three things. Be willing to make a mistake. Don't be afraid to ask questions and always be willing to learn. I know you. we kind of touched on it throughout the whole entire thing. Uh, a work-life balance. I know you're trying to develop one, but what, what are some things that you have in mind or some things that you do now? Um, we play noon ball twice a week here at Madonna. Um, that is a great outlet for me. It's a great stress reliever and um, an opportunity to really build. We play with a lot of community members, so it's a great way to build some of those relationships. And, um, I think the other one is just taking time. The wife and I, we we have a dog, we go for walks, we'll watch movies, and you know, it's just finding ways to uh, to decompress, to not think about sports. I hope never watch Sports Center or really any sports while at home. Um, just one of those things where when I'm at home, it's, you know, we're watching movies, we'll watch TV shows every now and then, but Kelly and I are spending time together, and... Um, for me, that's how I find that balance. It's being sure that when I'm at home, you know, I'm not in my phone. I'm not doing email. I'm not doing work. It's, you know, I'm non-game nights especially. It's, you know, this is our time. We're going to spend time together. And, you know, we all have those long days. She knows there's going to be those Saturdays, those Wednesday nights that, you know, I'm home at midnight or 11. And, you know, they're just late days. It's the nature of the work. But, you know, it's making sure that, when I'm not having to work that, you know, I'm not doing it. Well, one, someone, next time someone's in Livonia or the uh, Detroit area, what, what is your restaurant or secret little bar place recommendation you'd have for some people? I don't have one yet. Wow. I'm brand new here. So, uh, you know, if, if I'm ever on again, I might be able to answer that question. What about, uh, what about out in Lewiston, or when when someone wants to take a big trip out west? Lewiston, um, you gotta go to. I mean, Effie's Burgers is a given, just because they're ginormous burgers, and if you're a burger person, you just have to have one. Um, but I would probably have to say. You have to go to Wayback Cafe. Probably the best shakes I've ever had in my life. They're tremendous. So Wayback Cafe would be it in Lewiston. Okay. Uh, if someone wanted to get in touch with you, just you know, any questions, comments, anything like that, what would be the best way to do it? Email. Email is always the best way. Comes to my phone, comes to my office, it's perfect. Uh, zshore at madonna.edu. Z S-H-O-R-E at Madonna.edu. Or just go to madonnacrusaders.com and look me up. 
Well, Zach, that was your episode, man. You're supposed to be first. Now you're 15th. What are you doing? It's all right. Oh, I'm happy to have you on. Uh, I'm sure we're all glad. To, yeah, we're all glad that you came on. Um, and I'll grow our fan base even greater. Uh, appreciate it. You're my mentor, uh, the guy who got me into sport information, and uh, I really appreciate you coming on. And it means a whole. It means a lot to me. I, I'm dead serious, man. Hey man, it was it was my pleasure. It was it's great to see what you're doing. You're doing some great things, and I wish you the best of luck. And you know, we'll be in touch. We'll definitely be in touch. So thanks, David. Hey, no problem. Uh, everybody, thank you all. That was episode 15 with Zach Shore of Madonna Crusaders. Uh, as always, you can subscribe to us on SoundCloud and iTunes. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, I know that a lot of you guys are liking on Facebook and don't follow on Twitter. And a lot of people follow on Twitter, don't like on Facebook. I mean, if you miss this, like in one way you, you, you get the notification on another. So that's something to think about. Um, as always, you can email me at sportsinfocast at gmail.com. Um, you, you can tell me you like it or, or that you hate me. I really don't care at this point We're we're halfway through the spring semester and, uh, you know, you want to pick a fight with me, that's fine. I, I just don't care anymore. So thank you all for listening, and we will have episode 16 next week, and we hope to see you all in the next episode.